0: Lord, might you bless the reading and the preaching of the word. I pray that our worship was pleasing to you this morning. We sang some grand O hymns with so much truth. And Lord, I do pray we would live for your glory in expectation of your glorious return. So help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus to be ready. So I felt like I needed to. I thought I thought it was a good place to do a little review, and I thought like we needed to do a little review because we've been away a few weeks. So in this time of waiting, we are to live righteous lives, motivated by our continual expectation of His imminent and sudden return. Uh, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Uh, Noah had been preaching, and been preaching, and been preaching. As he built the ark, he was preaching a message. And then, then one day, the one day the, the door shut with no way in. Nobody else could get into the ark. And we don't know how much time we've got to get ready. But we know he's coming again. And it could be soon. We've looked at Jesus coming with power and glory. We looked at what we should be doing. We should be waiting, looking, anticipating, expecting His sudden return. Then we've also looked at all the things that the disciples had inquired about. You remember verse 3? Uh, If you're right there in Matthew chapter 24, look at verse 3. So the Mount of Olives across the Kidron Valley from where the temple was in the city proper across the Kidron Valley with the Mount of Olives and he had to go up over the Mount of Olives to get to Bethany. So he got up on the, the precipice and he, he stopped and he turned around and he began to teach his disciples. And they had asked him this question. It says, He sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? So they ask him a specific question. What should be the sign of the destruction of Jerusalem? What would it look like when he came back? And what's the end of the world going to look like? And how's all that going to go down? And I'm pretty amazed that uh, with all the uh, discussion over the years and all the controversy about how it all may happen, uh, I, I find it pretty amazing they ask him such a direct question And I believe if Christ had wanted us to know exactly how it was going to happen, He would have laid it out step by step. And I think He didn't do that for a purpose, so we'd have to live uh, with some uncertainty, always expecting His return. And by the grace of God, when we began began this series of messages, kind of unbeknownst to me, but by the grace of God and His providence, he, He kind of laid it upon my heart, that uh, the exact happenings of when it was going to happen and how it might happen were not as important as this. It doesn't matter when it happens, how it happens, what matters is, are we ready? And so we're into that part of the sermon now in Matthew chapter 24 and 25 that he gives seven parables, seven teachings, and guess what they all say, be ready, be ready because he's coming. We've looked at some keys. In, while we're waiting, what can we do? Verse 4 said, do not be led astray. There's people falling away all the time. And in the, in the midst of this wokeness, in this midst of all the sexuality in America, there, there, you can count every week, you can count two or three more Christian singers or youth ministers or pastors that's caved in to the societal uh, mandate of uh, all the craziness, in whatever regard that might be. So do not be led astray. Don't give up your faith. Don't give up your belief over, what's the word, Dylan? Foolishness. Everything that is happening is actual foolishness. No truth to it whatsoever. Don't be alarmed. I told you it was going to happen. Don't be alarmed. Endure to the end. Be ready, seeking holiness and godliness, looking for His sudden, imminent, and bodily return. But in the last verses that we looked at before we took the break on uh, uh, the duties of children and the duties of parents to the children, we looked at the parable of the fig tree. So prior to the days of the Noah, right as we looked at the fig tree, There was a decided turn in this chapter. So here's what that turn was. It's the difference between you know when you see all things it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen to the fact that he says, but now no one knows. So we know some things, but one thing we do not know is exactly when it's going to happen. Matthew 24, 32 through 36 From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts out its leaves, listen to this. You know that summer is near. You know it's near. You know it's about to happen. Verse 33. So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Verse 34. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. That's pretty soon. Within thirty or forty years, probably. Verse thirty five Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. That's a that's a definite also. But look at verse thirty six. But concerning that day and hour of his return, no one knows. Not even the angels of the heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So in verse thirty three you see all these things in your time. False teachers, wars, rumors of war, earthquakes, famines, persecution, falling away, foolishness, foolishness. So the time is near. And having seen these things and continue to see these things, the return of Christ is near. Nearer than it was 2,000 years ago, amen? Surely. Surely. But yet, nobody knows... When Christ will return at the door. Nobody knows that. So this is what we've been seeing and saying. The return of Christ to gather his people and judge the world is still in the future. It hadn't happened yet. It's still out there in the future. That we do not know when this will be. We don't know. So what's the key? We must keep watch and be ready. Look at verse 12, I'm sorry, this is Matthew chapter 10 verse 22 if you want to go there. You're just a couple of pages if you want to go there. If not, just hold where you're at, we'll come right back there. So we must keep watch and be ready. Matthew 10, 22. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will do what? Be saved. So listen to me, the key is hanging on. No, the key is asking God to hang on to you. That's the key. Lord, don't let me quit you. I say the prayer almost every morning. Before I embarrass you, before I quit you, just take me out of here. I want him him to hang on to me. Take me out of here before I quit. Matthew 24, 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So that's another, uh, just uh, for your information. You know who you can trust? You can trust those old guys that are in the tomb. Are you with me? They didn't quit the Lord. They didn't cave in to societal pressure. Did you know any of us that's still alive are susceptible to caving in to societal pressure? So don't put all your stakes and all your hopes and confidence in a man that's living. Put your hope and confidence in the one who lived, died, and is living forever. The Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm almost through with it bringing you up to date. But listen close. I think this is important. Everything in this passage, 24 and 25, makes this point. Even the destruction of Jerusalem. D.A. Carson makes this point. The hour remains unknown until it arrives. You with me? That hour will be known when it arrives, not until then. And then the cleavage is sudden, absolute, and here's a key, irreversible. Nothing you can do about it then. So let me wrap up this introduction like this. There's 97 verses in chapter 24 and 25. 25 of those verses in chapter 4 deals with the signs that are not true signs of His return. They're just the way the world is. Only 5 of the verses which we're in right now, 37 through 41, actually describe the return of Christ. The days of Noah, that's what it'll be like. Listen, a third of chapter 24, verses 36 through 51, and all of chapter 25, all 46 verses, give us the warning to be ready since we do not know the day and the hour. So the majority of the two chapters say this what's the word? Be ready. Be ready. Be waiting. So, you want to know how important this is? Seven historical references, seven parables point to making this point. Are we watching and are we ready? And I just look around and, you know, we've got, uh, we've got babies in the womb. We've got old men in here. Listen. Listen. But nobody in between knows when the Lord may call us home. Nobody knows when the Lord's going to return. But what's the key? Be ready. And without Christ, you're not ready. So be ready. So let's look at the Scriptures a little more closely. Let's look at verse 37. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man we see clearly that history is about to repeat itself. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It will be as in the days of Noah. Now Luke brings into this as also in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So Luke ties the days of Noah with the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now listen, listen carefully. You know when the flood came? Do you have any idea of what the estimate of the number of people on the earth at that time? I, I really don't know. Way more than eight. Now listen to this. When that happened, only eight of all mankind were saved. The rest perished. You know what that's saying to me? When the Lord comes back? Only a small remnant is going to be ready and waiting. Everybody else is going to perish. That's what it says to me. The flood came and swept them away. Look, Albert Pike was a, was a bad deal. A little local flood on the Little Missouri River that killed 20 people. We, we don't have any kind of estimation of how powerful water is it is. Until you get into something. But I'm talking about a worldwide flood. We can't imagine the destruction that happened when that came. Listen. It swept them away for eternity. There. Okay, now listen. There was ample warning. This crazy man is building an ark. And if you haven't been to the art museum up in Kentucky and in Cincinnati, Ohio area, it, it, I, I promise you, anybody in the area knew that Noah was doing something crazy, and he was telling people what he was doing. He was preaching. So, the lesson to be learned, when you are given warning, pay attention. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into this just, just a little bit, because preaching to the kids and and, and thinking about them and then thinking about us adults. Listen to me. There was ample warning. Are you listening? But no one paid attention. A lesson to be learned. We have to have more expectations of ourselves as well as our children when it comes to what happens in church. We ought to go expecting to get something out of it and taking something with us when we leave. What happens on Sunday morning if you had to... If you had the uh, gumption to get here, you ought to have the gumption to at least discuss what happened when you leave here. The song, that doesn't happen every Sunday. The message, just like the days of Noah, listen. What do we do? Why do we rush or what do we rush to do when the sermon's over? Get back to the conversation of the the world. Get back of getting out of here and going on with our business. We gotta do better. We just move quickly back, just let that let that all pass from my mind. And let me get back to the world. I don't want to think about it. We've got to think about spiritual things. You know, people ought to get up saying, Wow, wasn't that song great? Or they ought to get up and and say, Wow, did you hear what the preacher said this morning? Yet, we... Get right up. How you been doing? What have you been doing this week? Hasn't the weather been hot? Isn't it getting dry? Did you see the game last night? We should be at least, church at least one day a week we should be in deep thought and discussion about spiritual things. For you guys that are about to go off to college, it's a proven fact of learning that once you leave a class, if you'll sit down and review that class or rewrite your notes or redo the homework, you'll retain 95% of what was taught. Otherwise, you're going to have to cram on examination day. So what's that tell you about church? What's that tell you about what's preached or what's taught on Wednesday night? If it was reviewed before you laid down again to sleep, it'd do you some good. We should discuss it with our loved ones. We should do all we can to retain all we can from what we heard. And we ought to share it with somebody. And it's so easy to do. I mean, you share stuff all the time. I even know how to share stuff on my phone. And if I can do it, you can do it. You share everything else. You share the bad news. Come on now. How about sharing some good news? Christ is coming back, but you can be ready. So, it'll be the same way when the Lord returns. Only a remnant have paid attention and are ready. And hey, I'm telling you. You know, you know what's going to go over in a person's mind who ends up in hell? Who Sunday after Sunday after Sunday heard preaching about Christ? It's going to go over in their mind. They're going to hear those words, be ready. They're going to hear, believe in Christ, live for Christ, live lives of righteousness. It's, all, it's continually for eternity. It will go over and over in their mind as they're suffering in hell. Listen, young people. You can sit there pan-faced. You can sit there thinking about something else. But eternity is coming. And we must be ready. So Noah was a preacher. Every peg they put in, every board that they brought, he was preaching. Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed throughout the whole world, as a testimony to all nations and then what will happen then the end will come it's coming are we ready so when the lord comes you want to know what it was, what it's going to look like it's going to look like just like it looked when noah built the ark it will be as in the days of noah it will be like a flood sudden unexpected universal And terrible to the ungodly. Can you imagine the fear? Never have seen rain. Never have seen water like that. And it's rising. And nowhere to go. Now listen. I think this is where we're at. They were unconcerned about what Noah was doing. Are you with me? They were unconcerned. A person's unconcern will not keep the Lord from coming. You put it out of your mind. It's not going to keep the Lord from returning. They were eating and drinking, and marrying, and giving in marriage. Is there anything wrong with all that? Not a thing wrong with all of that. That has to go on in the world, right? But obviously they were caught up with that. That's all they thought about. Things that are proper and expected. Listen, things that are normal and are proper and expected are evil When we are distracted from what is sure to come. What did Bob say? Death. Taxes. The Lord's going to return. When what we do keeps us from thinking about those things, they become bad. They were bearing, but having no concern for the coming of the bridegroom for his bride. Never thought about that. As we see in these verses, we must expect. All of these events to happen, but we can't get caught up in that. Listen, this is not our home. We have a home far away. Where will we spend eternity? If we do not expect them, listen carefully, we will not be prepared for them. If you don't expect death, you won't be prepared for it. If you don't expect that you're going to be buried, you won't be prepared for it. If you don't understand that one day the righteous and unrighteous will be resurrected and face God at judgment, you'll not be prepared for it. You've got to think about it. In these verses, we have a caution. We must prepare. What are you doing to prepare yourself And your wife, and your kids, and your grandkids for eternity. What are you doing to prepare for that? It's a caution against the focus on the cares of this world. I really believe that Matthew four eighteen and nineteen, the parable of the sowers, sowers, the parable of sower. This is it. Matthew four eighteen and nineteen. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Why won't we be ready? Because we're focused on the things of the world, thinking that this is it, and that we're going to take what we got with us. Somebody brought that up this week. I assured them that there's going to be no U-Haul falling in the hearse. And the money that they're trying to accumulate, their kids are going to fight over it. That's the truth of the matter. So what do we have? We have a caution against security. You know what security always brings? Sensuality. Gratifying of the flesh complacency ungodliness and sexual immorality if we're not ready it will be a terrible no good day a scary day in these verses 37 through 41 and we'll look at 40 and 41 next year next week we have such a clear picture of the day of judgment you know why we have you know why Christ gave us such a clear picture Y'all look at me. It might startle us to get ready. Might just, my place today is to startle you into your thinking, what, do, what must I do to be ready for the return of Christ? I pray, O oh God, to send the grace of God to awaken those who need awakened. And I pray, O oh God, send the grace of God to awaken us that we do not sleep as the rest of the world sleeps. The same as it was in the days of Noah. You know what men were doing? They were going their own way. Oblivious to the warnings of Noah, paying no attention to the preacher Noah. They did not see the flood coming. They saw no danger. They saw no heaven coming. But the flood came and swept them away. But I'm telling you, a tiny remnant was saved. The more I read scripture like this, and the more I look at the wide gate and the narrow gate, when the Lord comes, not going to be a pretty thing for most. Just think. Just think of the world. Just think of the people that you know. I'm not talking about the guys that I see every Monday. I'm talking about the people you know. Just think to yourself, which path are they living on? Not many living on the narrow path. Swep away. Listen, if you're swept away as heathens, You will spend an eternity with heathens. There's no transformation in this process. Unpardoned, unconverted, unprepared to meet God. And I'm telling you, the the kingdom of heaven is right here. But you've got to give up the world to step into it. Verse 39, they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. As we should think often of death, burial, resurrection, judgment, and eternity, we must think about this teaching of Jesus. Listen, don't believe the lies. Not everybody's going to heaven. Don't believe the lies. Oh, God loves everybody. He wouldn't send anybody to hell. He doesn't send anybody to hell. But there's some people that are condemned already and they'll continue to be condemned because they do not believe in the only Son of the Lord Himself, Jesus Christ. Don't believe the lies. Listen, I don't see the heathen being converted. I don't see the earth being filled with the things of God and the love of God. I don't see it going that way. Today is just like the days of Noah. And opinions that things are going to really get good, I don't find that anywhere in the teachings of Jesus. Be ready. The majority of Americans, if you ain't ask them, would tell you they believe in God. But I'm telling you, that, that memory verse in Answers to Genesis, John 3, 36... Uh, Everyone who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, and the wrath of God remains on him. Listen to me. I mean, I'm carrying, I picked a guy up, uh, y'all know where I picked him up Friday afternoon. and, And so I picked him up and I said, I just want to tell you, young man, there ain't no free lunch with me. He said, listen, when I get out of here, I'll buy your lunch. I said, that's not what I'm talking about. I said, there's no free lunch with me. I said, I've got an hour and a half with you. And I'm not going to miss, I'm not going to waste one minute. I'm going to preach to you all the way up there. I'm going to preach to you about Jesus all the way up there. And we talked about that verse. There are so many people that they think they are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ that have absolutely no concern about being obedient to Him and His Word. If you have no concern about His Word, if you have no concern about being obedient to His Word, you are not saved. The wrath of God still remains on you. Repent. Get ready. People are really unbelieving, godly, I'm sorry, unbelieving, godless, You know what piety is? I love these little words. I have to look up and remind myself what they are. No devotion to the things of God. No devotion to His church. No devotion to His people. They're Christless, worldly, consumed with their idols, and no way prepared to face God at judgment. That's where the majority of the world is at. You don't want to be there because Christ is returning. Now listen to me. I'm so concerned that many that I know will be found unready. Listen carefully now. I even have a concern for many of you that I've preached to for 30 years. Many of you that I see on a regular basis. No devotion to prayer. No Bible reading. And not much serving in the church is not a good sign. It's not a good sign. And I'm a little bit like James, of the book of James. I need a little sign. To sleep well at night, I need a little sign. And you need to do yourself a favor and examine yourself to make sure you're of Christ. You need to make sure He is in you. And what that looks like is He in you is making you willing and able to do the things that He would have you to do. That's what it looks like. Four things our Savior seems to teach us. That Christ's coming to the last judgment will be sudden and separating. We'll see this next week. It'll happen suddenly and it will be an eternal separation. It will be similar to the coming of a robber. 2 Peter 3.10 says... But the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. It will be sudden and it will separate. Just a little hint. A man and a woman in the bed, married. One taken, one left. We'll look at that next week number two y'all listening yet that it will be a time of great complacency and complicity. listen to me you know that's that's one thing that defines our world today let me tell you if you are if you are the least bit affirming of the foolishness that's going on in America and you've got to figure out what that complicity looks like if you are anywhere a part of that complicity you will be held accountable for what those people are doing that you're approving of by your word or by your actions complicit do you know that's where we're going they want our approval they are demanding our approval don't be a part of it genesis 6 5 the listen Genesis 6, 5, the 6th chapter of the Bible, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Is that not it? Is that not where we're at today? Our thoughts, we're dreaming up how we can be more wicked. Neglect of religion and being consumed with the cares of this world. Listen carefully. Neglect of religion... And being consumed with the cares of this world are more dangerous than no religion at all. They were killing, stealing, whoring, and swearing. Turned on TV lately? You watched any of these uh, YouTube videos that your young people are watching? You listened to much music lately? You listened to any rap lately? All of that's what's being promoted. Eating and drinking, they are necessities, are they not? What about to ex- excess? How's that work out? We've got to stop looking for opportunities. You know, you know this is where I think we're at. A lot of people are out. They are looking for an opportunity to party, eat, drink, celebrate all of these different dates. Just give me another date to celebrate and to spend money. Well, let me ask you, whose money that is that you got in your wallet? We just go from one party to the next. Today, for most, it's all about the world and all about the flesh. You know what the flesh wants? More, 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 more. I'm reading a biography right now of J.L. Dagg. And, uh, oh, I'm not going to come up with a date. 1800s. And, and so the, the, the sin of his day was alcohol. Uh, he had a he had a brother that di- died at the age of 60, 60, 20, 26. It, it was alcohol, just feed, feeding of the flesh. Well, man, we're there. Y'all know what we want? We just want another pill. I don't want to deal with it. Just give me another pill. James five one. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Did you hear that? Listen, you have lived on the earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts for a day of slaughter. <clears throat> living secure and unconcerned, careless. Living in sin, unbelief and security. You know why? Why? Because somehow we put death and eternity out of our minds. Now how do we do that? All of this other stuff. You know what this always leads to? In every society, gross sexual immorality. And we're there. Gross sexual immorality. No concern. Carelessness always leads to no fear of God. Now... Listen to this. This is a quote. I'm not sure who, so I just want to tell you it's a quote. When the Lord returns, there will be brutal indifference. Everything's just normal. Everything's going on. Listen, laziness and gluttony are the rule of the day. Yeah, you, you go. gone in a business lately that wasn't had. Didn't have a sign up. What, what does that sign say? Now. Do what? Now hiring. Jeremy? me? Laziness, and gluttony. Philippians three nineteen. You know what the end of that is? Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame, with their minds set on earthly things. The fulfilling of fleshly gratification with food, listen, and animalistic sexuality, was the norm in the days of Noah, and I believe it's the norm today in America. putting aside the destruction of the world by flood. That's what they did. And the destruction of a city by fire. You know, y'all know, you with me? He did destroy the entire world except for eight people by flood. He did destroy Sodom and Gomorrah by fire. Did you hear me? He has done that in the past. The next destroying is on its way. And the coming of Christ will be suddenly upon them, engrossed in the world. And there the flood was. Engrossed in the world. And there He is. Where? On the clouds. People consumed with worldly affairs, eating, drinking, and marrying, fully occupied with the world, no time for the Lord or His church, stupid indifference. It'll be okay. Thinking only of the here and now. Hebrews eleven seven, 7. By faith Noah being warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. Do you know what kind of faith that guy had to have? It never rained. Nobody knew what a boat was. And God said build a boat. The whole time, people said, You see what that guy's doing? That guy's crazy. I bet most people think Paul Washer's crazy. I'm quite sure they think Paul Washer's crazy. Ray Comfort, Vodie Bachman. <sighs> by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events is yet unseen. In reverent fear constructed an art for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. We are all susceptible to being hardened by the pleasures of the world. Listen to me. We are all susceptible to the pleasures of this world. And that always leads to sensuality. All about the flesh. It always leads to that. Noah was building in the sight of all the world. The Word was being proclaimed. And I want to tell you, there is some faithful proclaiming of the Word today, yet few, only eight people were aroused to do anything about it. I want to tell you, if I didn't believe in the sovereignty of God, I would know what a sorry preacher I am. Because I know how many times I've shared the gospel message for 28 years in two different jails, and how few people heeded the message. I think I'm in pretty good company with Noah. I believe at least eight's heard. Indifference. Oh God, do we need an arousing? What do we need? <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit to come set fire to this place. 1 Peter 3, 18 and 20. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which He went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison. Because they, did formerly, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah. What was, what was God? Tell me that word He was. Tell me what He's been with you. Patient. What was he with me? Patient. While the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons were brought safely through the water. Listen, sudden separating, a great time of complacency. The last two points. The world will be largely unconverted when he comes back. The world won't be ready. They're saying that they're believers. I believe in God, but largely lost, unconverted. Genesis six eighteen, But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, your sons, wives with you. Listen to me. Men, men, look at me. Become a follower of Christ, headed to heaven, and working to take your kids and your wife with you. Who went into the ark with Noah? His sons and their wives. That is a mighty calling. Luke 18, 8, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will will he find faith on earth? Are you some of the ones that he is going to find that had faith in him, put trust, hope, and confidence in his Son? John three thirty six. whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Are you obedient follower of Jesus, obedient to his word and his commands? Look, listen to me. We must not be pessimistic, but we must be realistic. We must preach Christ as if the world will be converted. Huh? Huh? We must preach knowing that God still has His that will be saved. But we must see that these scriptures do not say that there will be a great revival in the last days. Probably won't happen. Sudden separating time of complacency, the world unconverted. So what must we do? We must faithfully preach the gospel to all the world. Listen men, listen, in this church We need to preach it to our wives, preach it to our children, and preach it to those around us. Preach the gospel. You know why? Because people become more and more comfortable in their lostness. Even in the face of opposition, even when no one repents, believes, or follows the Lord in believer's baptism, nobody repents, nobody believes, no one gets baptized. People will become more and more comfortable in their lostness and unconverted state. That's where everybody is going to be. People more and more secure in their sin and unbelief. So this is it. Is this not what Jesus saw coming? Come on now. I'm going to read these verses again. What did Jesus see? Here it is. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man For as in those days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. J.C. Ryle, the bishop, said it this way, The world will not be converted when Christ returns. Listen to this. This is still quoting Ryle. Millions of professing, quote, Christians will be found thoughtless, unbelieving, godless, Christless, worldly, and unfit to meet their judge. You know what that's describing? The majority of the modern day church. Don't let it be you. Let me read that again. Millions of professing Christians quote, will be found thoughtless. What did I say we do as soon as service is over with? How quick can I forget this? I pray that God will not let you rest without thinking about this today and thinking about yourselves, thinking about our children and our family. Not today. Not thoughtless today. Thoughtless, unbelieving, godless, Christless, worldly, and unfit to meet their judge. Oh, loved one, I beg you not to be one who perishes at the judgment. I beg you to be watching and ready and waiting when the Lord comes. Read the Word. Immerse yourself in the Word. Study the Word. Oh, listen. Oh, we lazy people. Memorize the Word. Teach scripture memory to your children. It will manifest itself. And get yourself and your family ready for the return of Christ. Be ready. Men, moms, be sure you're headed to heaven. And do it all you can to take your kids with you. May God bless the preaching of his word.